Hi guys, welcome to the MMA UK BJJ show. So my name's Stoomboy as always. Uh, today I'm joined by Michael. Now let me get your surname correct because obviously this is, uh, I'm pretty sure everybody gets this wrong. So uh, uh, Daguiar. Have a go, close. Diagua. Diagua. So yeah, Diagua. So Michael Fernandez Diagua. So yeah, so we're going to chat about Michael. Michael's a black belt coming out of the Zion gym. Um, so we're going to hear a bit about Michael's journey. As I say, Michael started a bit late coming into jiu-jitsu. Uh, like quite a lot of people. Maybe not late, but obviously a little bit older than um, a lot of people that do start or some people that do start. So we'll, we'll hear a bit about that. We'll hear some about Michael's uh, competition experience. Michael's not just done jiu-jitsu, but obviously done uh, a lot about, about MMA as well. Um, so we'll obviously hear a bit about that. Um, and then, yeah, just talk about his plans for the future. Uh, Michael's still very young, so um, I'm pretty sure he's still got a, a good few years left, but hopefully got a good few years left in jiu-jitsu. So, so we'll hear a bit about his plans on the future. So, so yeah, Mike, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on, sir. How are you doing? Cheers, man. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, real, real good, man. Well, as good as we can be at the moment, but good. <laughs> So, so yeah, I mean, obviously, talking point at the moment in lockdown. Here we are, third lockdown. Um, I don't see, like many guests I've had on or people I've spoke to, I don't see very, any end to it. I know they're talking about vaccines and stuff like that, but, I mean, how quickly is the vaccine going to work? Um, do you know what I mean? How, I know they've took the vaccine, what, 10 million people now? So we've still got another... Yeah, so they've got another, what, 50 million to go, so, but they're doing not too bad, so, um, so yeah, I mean, lockdown, I mean, how's it been treating you? Um, well, this is like lockdown 3.0, isn't it, this time, like, third one, really. The first two, um, they feel like ages ago now, don't they, already, but, yeah, like, kind, I kind of, um, was still, you know, just like most people in jiu-jitsu, was kind of not really sure about what it was like anyone didn't really know what it was so um yeah. I, you know because i was still training underground like keep keeping things quiet and everything like that um throughout the tier systems and stuff but then when when he actually you know when they said lockdown we we as a gym have done really well we we just like we said you know you guys can't even go in and use it that's it we're not doing anything it's just not worth it anymore it's not worth it anymore yeah. um and there was a lot of people um you know, like doing the, I don't know, doing their bit because people are bored. So they're trying to stitch you up and find out if you're training, if you're not around our area anyway. So it just wasn't worth it. Um, And to be honest with you, I'd be it's all going to be training for selfish reasons. There's nothing to train for. I'm not teaching. It's just training for training's sake. So I have really followed the lockdown sort of process. And um, funny enough, like you know, I've just, today's my last day of COVID as such. I've got, I've got COVID. My, my mum, I'm staying with my mum, saving up to buy a house, and um, obviously COVID's hit and everything. So, but she works in a care home, and uh, yeah. she brought, she brought it home absolutely rife in there. And yeah. Uh, yeah, so I'm on my last day, so I can confirm it is a horrible thing. But um, to be honest with you, I've, I don't know whether I'm just trying to be like positive, but I just feel like this might be the, the last sort of super lockdown. We might slowly end up getting out of stuff because of the vaccine, but. Who knows? In my own personal house, my mum had the vaccine and she had very minimal symptoms. I didn't have the vaccine and I fucking, I know I'm a man, but I thought I was going to die. <laughs> so it wasn't <laughs> ideal. Um, yeah. 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 I mean, it's funny. I mean, we spoke about this before coming on here. It's funny um, that it's hitting people 
Definitely. I mean, you've got you can have like yourself, obviously a healthy young guy. You can have someone same age, healthy as well. Yeah, it'll hit them badly. No one. Yeah. Can, people can pass away and stuff like that, and other people will be absolutely fine. I mean, what do you think? I mean, why do you think that is? I mean, Mate, any it's thoughts it's on that? It's the weirdest. It is literally the weirdest thing in the world. Like, I, I'm gonna. I can only talk about my my own house. Like, and from my house, like, I would say to people, if you if you get offered the vaccine, go and get it because I've seen firsthand that it works. Number one. Yeah. Like, my mum can't see in the dark all of a sudden and shit, so nothing's happening. Side effects, <laughs> right, to her yeah. at the moment. Yeah. Um, and then, like you said, I, I'd consider myself, like, on the healthier side of life. And I, at one point, I was proper, like, struggling to breathe and um, couldn't stand up for, like, 10 minutes without feeling real dizzy. Like, hit me quite hard for two days. Yeah. And then got my missus, who was just, like, strolling about with a blocked nose. So it's, like... It's such a weird... I can't even expel. I don't know. And then, like you said, there's some people, which we've got touch with. I wasn't one of them. People are, people are dying. Like, pe- my own mum's care home, their husbands are dying, mate. So, I don't... Like, I, I just think, just don't play that gamble. If you can not get it, don't get it. Like, I've yeah. obviously... We've gam- I always was walking around saying, oh, well, if I get it, I think I'll be okay. And Mate, I, I don't... I think this is one of those things you just don't know. Like, I'd rather just don't get it. If, <laughs> if you can, just don't get it. Yeah, yeah. It's a difficult one as well. I mean, you obviously you're saying that you're living at your mum's house and your mum works yeah. in a care home. Um, and I, I, as we know, I mean, it's well documented. Unfortunately, the care homes are are, are the, the ones that are getting hit the, the worst. Um, I mean, we've got a care home in Scotland. Um, I think they had, what, 40, 43 cases, I think. Um, 10 people died. Um, 28 staff and the rest were all uh, obviously residents. Um, yeah. So... Um, that just that just was yesterday, I think it was a couple of days ago. So, yeah. um, so it's it's quite bad. Definitely yeah, they, quite bad. They, they all um like they had the vaccine. It must have been about a month before it all went off in there. And to be fair, not a lot of the residents have died from it. So the fact is, I mean, the vaccine, from what I can see, appears to be working. That, like, yeah. um, I think we just got a now it's just a waiting game till they can stick everyone with a jab do you know what i mean and and then we'll be allowed out but at least that's something to look forward to the others we were just like it's kind of been a guessing game and everyone thinks they're into politics and they all know the answers and we're all fucking it's just it's so boring like yeah uh, i'm a big advocate of facebook i think facebook can do really well it's helped me in my own career and um but then on the same side of like i'm blocking mates who i've known for so long because i'm just like mate <laughs> you are talking just like making me angry I'm not even thinking, yeah i'm thinking face to face you're such a nice guy but you're just talking shit <laughs> um, yeah everybody's a fucking scientist on yeah, on facebook some days i'm like um yeah, everyone's obviously up and down. Some days I'm, I wake up and I just think, fuck the world, and I get on there and just wind everyone up. And <laughs> it is bad, but at the same time, it gave me that hour or something to do in lockdown. But I've lost definitely. a few friends, I reckon, on there. Yeah, definitely. Well, that's the thing. I've, not, I've stayed off Facebook. Um, unusually stayed off Facebook because I'm, I'm usually the same. I'll go on and I'll, I'll wind a few people up. But yeah, yeah. I mean, Facebook at the moment, I mean, I said everybody's a fucking scientist or a doctor. Or, yeah, I don't think do it's, uh, it's not helping people at the moment because there's so much other, just random shit gets shared and that, like, 
like if you look into it too, the first lockdown I was well involved. Like everyone was, I think we're well on it. All scientists yes. and yeah, now it's doing there. The fact is, we don't know at all, mate. <laughs> yeah. We know nothing. <laughs> definitely, definitely. So, so obviously lockdown. I mean, it's had a it's had an effect on obviously training as well. I mean, gyms. Yeah. Unfortunately, as I say, there's been some gyms where they've maybe had bubbles and stuff like that that they they have been able to stay open. As there's some underground stuff going on for obvious reasons. So, um. But I mean, obviously for you, I mean, what, what's your regular training week? What does that look like? Oh, mate, I'm I'm never not at the gym. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I like. Uh, I've spoken about it before. Like, it's I've. There's no two ways about. It. I've been selfish, really. Like my, um, for, for jujitsu, for MMA, for me personally, like always had something inside of me that just and I know I know how it works like I think I'm not I'm not a stupid lad I figured it out quite early if you want to be good be there <laughs> it's yeah. as simple as that and then uh if I'm sat at home I genuinely even though they're not at my gym you know they're not going to learn something that I don't know or whatever but in the back of my mind I'm thinking fuck they'll know something I don't know or I've missed something tonight or yeah Cause, uh, even after training for so long I still I still look at my coach or my mates and on the mat and I think no, that was a nugget. Like I wish I knew that like six years ago. And uh I think I'm like it's they say they, I've read an article actually about jujitsu and like gaming and stuff, and I like playing games, so it's my release. I play I play PlayStation and that. And uh it's like an addictive thing, isn't it? Because because we never truly can complete it. Um we're always like chasing that next nugget of info or, or stumble upon something. But yeah, I can't make my trainings like I literally teach teach kids um then i get a session in as in uh no gi or gi and then a lot of us stay for like two three hours afterwards just rolling you know doing our bit um i'm training four or five hours a day definitely 100 percent like all the time and that's on on your average week teaching i'm always in the gi or no gi like oh yeah i love it and back when i started we didn't have anything like that so the we always say this the kids like i'm i'm old but the kids don't really know what they uh what they've got you know the amount of colored belts on our mat and stuff i yeah i never saw that until way long <laughs> way in the journey yeah definitely definitely and i mean how's that how's that affected you think like mentally because we talked we spoke to andy baker last week and andy baker was saying for him his his um not safe place, but his place where he feels happy and stuff like that. Obviously at home, but coming to the gym just completely forgets everything. But yeah. and obviously at the moment having not having the gym, um, it's having a bit of a fit an effect on him. Obviously you still got people that you can speak to and things like that. But yeah. I mean, how is it for you? Yeah, it's not it's it's um like this has definitely made me realise that I'm not 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 a nice person, but I'm not someone. I'm not like at my happiest without chasing something. If that like, I don't, like even just um, just at training. Like I know, I, I can't just. I wouldn't be able to just train if that makes sense. So it's gonna. I'm gonna really. Str- I know I'm gonna struggle a lot when I do hang up the like competitive side of stuff. I can. Yeah. I, I can definitely feel that now. I str- I struggled for a bit with a knee injury. Like I, you know. I, not, I'm not going to say I didn't get depression, but I was real. I just wasn't happy, like you know. And, and I could yeah. see how people slide in and out of that sort of thing. Now I never really um, like because we had that outlet. I've never really had to deal with that, but I can definitely see how, yeah, how how you have your up and down days, like you, because we're forced to just be in here all the time. You, yeah. you have a lot of time to think, don't you? And I think um, 
like even myself but just as i started i thought to myself right do you know what i'm gonna come back like fucking andre galval i'm gonna be packed out like a motherfucker <laughs> and uh because it's the only thing we can focus on <laughs> started training and got fucking got ill but um yeah yeah like, like it's bit it's oh mate I, I definitely um i definitely see what what people mean now when they say it's their outlet and that it's, it's been mine like what you you'll know when you're on the mat it's just you don't think about anything else yeah, like, yeah. You generally don't even when we're doing the underground sessions like there's a pandemic on the outside of our door and we're just we're on the mat like it was it's mad what it does for you it's yeah. really hard to explain that to people who don't do it um yeah like with the coaching and all that they say they say oh because I, I love all the cliche shit like yeah, i'm not working a day of my life and all that but i generally <laughs> feel like that I, I don't you know i'm so happy when i'm doing it um and that, like I, I want other people to feel that like that, that feeling when you're doing what you love is mad isn't it um yeah. i'm just lucky in my life i've never been one to, like i don't chase money or for me i'd rather have that feeling of um doing what i love every day rather than being loaded um yeah. in yeah. the town yeah. i live it fucking you can be loaded if you want there's nowhere to spend it mate, where, where i live <laughs> <laughs> so you might as well be happy <laughs> yeah yeah and we take it for granted sometimes i mean obviously before the lockdown i mean there'd be times where i mean i've been guilty of it where i've not went to training and stuff like that and i'll be like yeah yeah i'll go tomorrow i'll do this i'll do that and then obviously now the lockdown now we're not allowed to train you're like yeah. fuck i wish i was at the gym so yeah 100 yeah like as a, as a coach i coached the mma lads and the young guys and that and i like it's only because i do it naturally but i could i just wouldn't sit at home i can't do that um yeah. if anything i need to not now because i don't want it because of covid but when we go back and we're there i need to have like a day where i don't go in so i mm-hmm. am with my family and stuff because it's every night and um it just comes first like my, my missus knows it comes first and or our jiu-jitsu comes first and unfortunately like it just it just does like it, you can't really help it um i think i've achieved what i have done and really proud of what i have done so far through being there all the time yeah. um it's my my mma career didn't do what i think what i still think it could have done because i wasn't there all the time i couldn't get there and i couldn't be there all the time that people always say to me oh how'd you do that how'd you get good at be on the map mate i'm like yeah. there's no other there's no other there's literally no, nothing else just be on the mat if you're there for six months you're going to be so much better than the guy who's there every now and again it's just fact yeah yeah this is how it works <laughs> definitely and that's what they always say the mat never lies so as you said you could be you could have two guys exactly the same start at the same time one will maybe go twice a week another one will go three or four times a week yeah. so obviously the three or four times um as should be on paper should be um better at jujitsu than the other yeah, one yeah so. there's some talent there's some freaks out there as you know like you They'll just come along like you think, fucking hell, how long have you done jiu-jitsu? And they're like, ah, oh, six months, mate. And you think, wow, you, you could be incredible. <laughs> you could be amazing. But they let life, you know, they're not on the mat as much as they could be. Or maybe some people just don't have aspects of competing in that, which is another uh, another thing. But I, I like this this bit. I love doing this because it reminds me, like, it's been so long. I, I've literally, I mean, because I do jiu-jitsu or cut hair. So my yeah. actual jobs, <laughs> I've been fucked for a year and a bit. Like, I can't do anything. 
Yeah, um, yeah. People, people said, oh, have you seen this instructional? And a few weeks back, I was like, mate, I can't watch any jiu-jitsu. It's just pissing me off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, uh, like, doing this reminds me of, like, fucking how good it is. <laughs> yeah. See, I've got a lot of friends in the States. So, because obviously I've been over there training for a bit. Um, nice. So, I've got a lot of friends over there. And all I see is them posting videos of them fucking oh, training. Or, uh, some of them are getting belts and stuff for that. And I'm just like... And then they'll, they'll ask you, you'll be talking to them via messenger, and they'll be like, how's your training going? You're like, well, it's fucking not going at all. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, okay. Should Google COVID in the UK and see what <laughs> comes up, man. Um, so. It's such a moral dilemma, like, because I've got quite a big, uh, I'm quite a big part of the gym. Like, I help, I help Chris out, who runs it and stuff. And, um, like, we just, we speak to each other all the time. And it's like a moral dilemma, like, you know, is, is it worth us going in and fucking, yeah. do we want to be the guy that's killed you know my mate's nan and it's it's like it's not it's just not worth it for us in the uk at the moment and we haven't yeah well we didn't have a control of it but i'm hoping hoping this in march now when they let us out again we can start to like even if it's that bubble training fucking hell just getting in the gym will help our brains you know it's our minds now more than anything yeah definitely definitely and then obviously for you then so jujitsu so as we mentioned you started about what early 20s you started so yeah 21, um, about 21. yeah so how did it all come about for you um so I, i've always um used to watch i don't know if you ever like eurosport was the channel in it back then you ended up on eurosport and k1 and pride and like in ufc so my dad used to watch um used to be like a matt hughes fan and used to stumble upon all those like i used to follow it used to not not avidly i've always been a footballer like i was a football player that was my life liverpool fan liverpool tattoo yeah uh, families from there we were like you know i could name every footballer but i couldn't name every fighter for example but always had like an admiration growing up i was like you know and then um my dad was and his brother just notorious like um street fighters basically because they had to be um portuguese and growing up in south africa and all this kind of stuff and always hear hear stories and it was always something that I thought because I believe it or not I'm not a big fella now but I, I was even worse mate I was like fucking Aladdin when I was young <laughs> 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 like, a lot of people call me Mowgli like, I was fucking tiny like little Mowgli and um it was only until I went to uni and and started drinking beer and having uh microwave meals that I found out um <laughs> that you could put weight on you know I was, was super skinny and quick on the wing and all that you know tricky player yeah didn't know anything other than football and i always had this like lot on nights out i'd be the fucking yappy one like come on in and then i, I you know one night i thought to myself do you know what if it actually kicked off i'm, I'm done in <laughs> i'm actually done if i can't push my mate in front of me i'm done and um like so I, i'll be honest with you i started like I had this real like anxiety about fighting, uh, like um, to go to an actual thing, but massive admiration and uh, ended up going to uni and um, I was never worried to have a fight, even though I couldn't fight for shit, which goes back to that Joe Rogan thing. Like you are actually an idiot. Aren't yeah, you? Like, yeah. When I think back, you are an idiot. Like I used to, used to have fights and I didn't have a clue how, and it was just embarrassing really. But um, I went to, yeah, I went to uni and my mate and said, do you want to go to, do you want to do this grappling in the garden? And I was like, if you want. So I went there and he obviously, he obviously smashed me all over the shop and rolled about a bit. And I've never had a feeling of like, you know, if you lose at football, you're proper angry, aren't you? You just think fucking the day's ruined. I lost at that, walked home. I thought, fucking that was well good. 
So it's like it's a really weird thing, isn't it? Because because then that that same feeling then lasts for six seven years. <laughs> you just get smashed up. You go and think, yeah, that was well good. Um, which you can't really explain to people, but it's like a yeah, it's an addictive thing. And um, yeah, I just it just went from there. I just ended up kept going, and um, I can't explain it, mate. I just love love like grappling. I was always brought up rough and tumble, you know. My dad throw me around and played rugby even though I was small and all that stuff so I wasn't ever scared of it but I didn't know how and then um jujitsu yeah I found jujitsu in Southampton we did a couple of garden sessions um and he wasn't even a belt mate it was just literally two lads having fun you know yeah, and um yeah. we come back to Andover and there was literally nothing no no Brazilian jujitsu uh ended up finding a Japanese jujitsu club um because it had the name jiu-jitsu in it i thought right let's go and have a go and in and i don't know and was like fucking tiny mate so everyone knows everyone yeah. oh i saw you did a bit of grappling come and have a go at this and ended up going there for like six seven months and just um that was pretty much it's like meeting up in a hall and everyone just put some gloves on and beat each other up <laughs> and was really desperate for something like decent yeah never come around for so many years yeah and then um it was all around the same time. I ended up hearing whisper that Chris uh, Duncan Smith, the the guy who runs Zion, um, was doing a. He's going to put on a Brazilian jiu-jitsu session, a Brazilian jiu-jitsu session in the gym. So I was like, "Fuck, that's what Royce Gracie does." I'm, I'm in. Yeah, yeah. Um, ended up going with like a white, but you know, them like extra large white belts down to your feet, and just fucking. I think I've got like one picture of it, and uh, yeah. So funny enough, I ended up my very first ever Brazilian jiu-jitsu session was with Chris and then I'm still there now so it's it's been a you know fucking it's a crazy journey and um like I love it like the my my I wouldn't change it for the world you know that that bit but uh it's been such a crazy build and then obviously now we've had to put put a little pause on things but Andover's finally got like something we can be proud of and uh, um you know, hopefully we can continue, or oh, well, I can continue flying the flag on a competitive stage as well, which hopefully. Definitely, definitely. I mean, uh, so you've been with Chris the whole time then? So all the way from white yeah. belt up to black up to now, black all belt. The way so. up to black belt, yeah. So Chris, um, political, uh, jiu-jitsu's always got political things in it. And every, you know, there was yeah. a blip, it, there was a blip in the middle where I went off to do um, MMA in Portsmouth. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I wasn't really in the gear or anything, but I never technically left, you know, a lineage or anything like that. Um, and then when I came back, yeah, he, they sort of had their blip, and I, I could come back in and did my thing again with him. So um, there's a lot. Basically, at one point we went, it, like his lineage changed. He went to do like with Phoenix, a, a, a lineage called Phoenix, Jimmy Johnson, and that, and. Um, over the years they fell out again and then he went back to Roberto so there his lineage had a little you know a little change and stuff but I I was kind of out of it for then and back in and shit happens all the time done it with that sort of stuff but technically yeah. on paper I've always been from white to black and me and him have never really ever had a problem so yeah nice one and then obviously you mentioned obviously being smaller I mean I'm the same I'm only five feet four Five feet five, depending on what shoes I'm wearing that day. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so that's one of the questions that came in. Chris Emmanuel, so a good friend of yours. Um, yeah, yeah. So, Mike, you're a hero to all short people around the planet. You truly are a giant amongst... It's not even a question. I think it's more of a statement from Chris. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, truly a giant amongst dwarfs. So, um, 
But I mean, the smaller people, I mean, I've noticed that. I mean, when I fight, I fight in the super heavy, so I'm under 100 kilos. And the reason I fought that, I mean, when I started jujitsu, I was at what, 127 kilos. So I knew I had to drop weight. So that was my way getting into jujitsu. Um, and yeah, see what happens. And then very quickly, I went from that down to 96 kilos. Um, so I think over a period of six or seven months. So I decided at that point, yeah, I'm going to go and enter my first competition. And I remember going in, the first guy I fought was about six feet five, and I beat him. Do you know what I mean? He tried to take me down. He couldn't take me down. I beat him. I won. Ended up winning the gold medal. I won a bronze in the absolute. Um, and then I got my blue belt. And I remember going into my blue belt. And the next guy was six feet plus. Um, big guy. And he threw me about. Big judo black belt. And I ended up winning that as well. And I just, it went on and on. I just kept winning. Nice. And it was always against guys who were six feet. So, so I mean, yeah. being smaller, I mean, I, I felt... Whenever I went into a competition, I was the favourite. I was the one that had the advantage because this guy had to come down to the ground. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was no way he was going to do that. So, I mean, when you obviously were going into competitions and let's say you were coming up against someone that was taller, um, I mean, how did you approach it? Yeah, so I, like it links in with Chris, to be fair. He, he's, um, I've known him for so long as well. Um, like, real early in my whole career like more more in MMA to start with uh Chris Emmanuel and he uh I'll always owe him owe him a lot he took me through contacts and everything he took me to what what I think was one of the highest stages in Europe and stuff I fought on Bama uh in a fucking arena and all that sort of shit because of Chris so um a big tip of the hat to him he's he's been a good mate of mine for a long time um he uh yeah so I me fighting bigger dudes it's uh, martial arts and, and your career and everything is it's really cool that other people look in and and they want to follow you for your journey and everything but it's really it's a personal thing really is a personal thing even your jiu-jitsu everything's really personal even when you go and you, you you go on these stages and people want to watch you they're watching you write your book as such as an athlete, as a as a person, so when, when I realised really early, and this is where the foot foot fetish and the leg lock fetish come into play, is I realised that I could better people that you know if you put if you stood me next to half of the people I fought, they'd just no mate, <laughs> not today, <laughs> or even on the mats all the time, like nah, not today. And um, I realised really early that leg locks um were a counter, you know, they were a counter thing, and. I could tap higher belts and higher ranks um, with my leg locks, and then I had to learn in my own my own journey about ego, and that doesn't make you fucking good because you won that one tap, you know, all that sort of shit. I've been on been on a cool ride, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> like I would, yeah, the, the leg locks came into play, and, and I realised really early when when you go to a jiu-jitsu gym and there's that little skinny kid with his glasses and then his spotty face and they're like, I'll go roll with him. And he just made you feel like you've never done it before. That yeah, body yeah. body type and, and the way the world views fights is a real, real skew, isn't it? Like they want, oh, the Brock, Brock Lesnar's and, oh, he's fighting him. And people are still very like circus-like with that. Whereas I realised earlier, it's got nothing to do with what you look like. Who, like you could not even in shape, mate. I was, there's there's kids with bellies hanging over their shorts, and and they're destroying guys with abs. It, it's got nothing to do with it. Um, it, yeah, real early, but it, I think we're all as short guys born with fucking. We're all just think the world's against us, don't we? Anyway, 
<laughs> We've got a saying in Scotland that's uh, the wee man syndrome. Yeah. So, uh, Andy Baker's got it. He's got wee man syndrome. Yeah, so. me, me and Andy have definitely got it. Like, you can just tell. Um, but, yeah, so to find something that where you can, like, um, mess mess up that perception is really cool. So I never, I never used to walk around, like, the world hated me or whatever, but I definitely... Um, like I definitely like to skew people's perception. I like I quite like being that guy where they think, oh, he's, you know, he's not going to do anything, and then you win and and prove them wrong. Like it to me, it's all about the heart anyway. What what you've got inside. If you want to win, you win. Definitely, definitely. And then Chris again, um, slightly <laughs> off topic, but Mike, uh, does Mike think that Liverpool are a one season wonders or have another thirty years of failure, or will they retain the title? <laughs> he's such a dick. <laughs> Um, I I think uh, I actually it's quite sad that people weren't able to watch uh, Liverpool live and do all that sort of thing. It, it, we waited a long time for them to be um, to be doing what they were doing, and I don't care what football fan you are, but if you watch what they did, you know, last year in the last three years, it's been ridiculous, really. But um, he's taken the piss because obviously we're having a bad <laughs> a bad mix of it. Um, but I just think a lot of things, a lot of injuries and that. But if you want to really go football-wise, I think I, I actually think Klopp does this to a lot of his teams. He drills them into the floor. And after the, you get to about the fourth, fifth season, they just can't continue anymore with the way he wants to play. Um, yeah. So I think we've hit that a little bit. 21 different partnerships at the back and whatever. But I still think Liverpool under 23s would hump Crystal Palace any day of the week, Emmanuel. <laughs> 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 nice one, then. Somebody sent me a WhatsApp. So, because um, normally they put the questions on here, but this person wanted to remain anonymous. Oh, um, so, let me see if I can find this question that they asked. Um, so, yeah, they wanted to remain anonymous, but it was to do with. Um, so, yeah, so. Not a question that they wanted to put up, um, but they said, "Is it true that you're best known for sending pictures of particularly well endowed, <laughs> the, the, the well endowed ethnic minority men around WhatsApp?" <laughs> I tell you, fucking text you that again. That's Emmanuel again. <laughs> so yeah, they wanted to remain anonymous. So yeah, they said yes. they, they set that up, but yeah. Um, but then Chris has also said, joking aside, uh, Mike has achieved so much in eight or nine years that we've been friends. Uh, proud to be his mate, top guy, and a true martial artist. So, yeah, I love that. Cheers, Chris, mate. Uh, I, he, um, he, he's a good guy. He's been a he's been there for the whole journey. You know, someone someone who's not like oh, I'm not like the the most talented fighter. I never was. I was never gonna. I wouldn't say never, like, I was never going to reach the heights that, you know, fucking UFC and all that stuff, because I just wasn't, I didn't have other areas in my life sorted out for it. I know what would have been needed and stuff like that, but I've, like, I think I've probably overachieved in MMA, um, and I'm proud, not everybody can, can turn pro, not everyone can win pro fights, not, not everybody can uh, compete on such, you know, big shows. I'll look back, like, like proud of what I've done, definitely. Um, I always used to say, oh, I'm going to fight again and that, but I, 
I don't want to be one of those old guys that's like, oh, I'm going to fight again. I, I think <laughs> I, I wanted to always test, like, I wanted to get a black belt and test it inside the cage, but yeah. oh, I can test that in other ways, you know. And, and I've brought up young fighters now that go and do it. And it sounds really, it's like there's films about it where the, the old coaches made, you know, they go and do their thing. And they, when, when my, my students are now catching me with all the things that I've like learned and changed over the years and learned off of Brian at Gym 01. That's that's a nice feeling. It's the same feeling you get when you you're in the cage. Like I did some cool stuff, and a lot of it a lot of it is thank you to him, and he's been along for the ride. And hopefully, there's going to be some more in jujitsu. Um, and I know he's doing some cool things himself. He always is. He's a man of many talents. Uh, he's a good guy, man. Appreciate it. Yeah. Nice, nice. And then, in regards to you, then competition. So obviously, you mentioned MMA, but jujitsu competition. So, so what kind of things then have you done in the past? So, what's been your kind of highlights for jujitsu competitions? Yeah, so I, I've um, so the in in Europe, we always say Europe. I don't know why we say Europe. It's fucking, <laughs> it's in the world, isn't it, mate? To be fair, <laughs> Grapple Fest and Polaris, and um, you know, you get the American shows where you can't go over there unless you fucking make. They they just don't look over here. You're, Ashley Williams is one of the lucky guys to go over to Versailles yeah. and all that sort of shit, and he's ripped it up. Mm. And he's absolutely smashed it, and you'd think they'd look at. Because Ash, Ashley Williams is obviously a standout. Is such a, an amazing export for England, well, for Wales and Britain, right? But and then they don't look elsewhere. Like he's not the only one. There's loads. Of, there's loads of them. Yeah. Um, they just don't get that shot. And he, um, he's such a cool person flying the flag. I've a lot of respect for him. He's trying. He, he sets up like, um, like tries to get all the best people in the UK to come and meet and roll. And he's always trying to. Like in America, basically, you can compete on these high-level shows every weekend. Mm-hmm. Here, here in England, as a, as a top competitor, you've competed six times in six months. Yeah, like, yeah. There's no wonder there's a gap in like com- competing and stuff like that. Um, so I, I am very much on the same wavelength as him. Like, I'll go, I'll happily go for a pint with him, do whatever <laughs> on a Saturday. Why can't we smash each other up, try and take each other's limbs, and then on the Monday be mates again? Because we're just making each other better. Yeah. But for some reason in the UK, it's, it's weird. It's a weird... Uh, maybe we still have a lot to learn with that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I've I've been lucky enough to compete on Polaris. Um, and then I, d- I did, like, an under- the underground grapple fest thing in, in uh, the first lockdown. I fucking didn't do anything for six weeks and then fought one, uh, you know, really cool guy that, that I um, met, Ollie Bates, who's really good. Um, I'd love to, love to, like... Again, good mate of mine, but we'll, I reckon we'll compete again sometime. There's nothing wrong with that. Like, nothing mm-hmm. in saying that. He's at the top of his game. I want to be at the top of mine. Why can't we compete and then be mates again? He's got the same same sort of mentality as me. I'd like to compete against him again with a crowd, and that would have been cool. Um, yeah. So I don't. I kind of have dipped my toe in Grapple Fest, if that makes sense. Like, I'd like it was in. It wasn't the same. Uh, so I'd like to do that, um, and then. Like anybody, I, I want to like. I've done Polaris. I'm one and zero against Spencer Hewitt, who's like was a. I was a brown belt at the time, and he's I don't know third degree or something on his black suit, and a really good competitor, English competitor on MMA everything. Uh, so it's quite a good a good win. Like I'd like to now, like you know, let's build build it up. Like give give people a shot. They they they're very well. People, I, I guess it's hard because they're not just gonna stick you in with Paolo Miao. They say you have to like work your way up to it or whatever, but how can you do that when you're just fighting the same yeah. do you know what I mean? It's really difficult to to judge. Like I think a lot 
unfortunately social media and I think you just have to get yourself out there like we with the local with the Polaris the latest Polaris can't really look into them because I obviously they were trying to put a show on amongst all this shit so they could only do it with local gyms and stuff but there's so many there's so many talented people out there now but then yeah. how, how do I like how do I get to the next like how do I get to, to fight on the pro on the main event cards how do I get to fight Paolo Meow like what's the stepping process like what's the you know for me um but I I'm cool to, I would say I was cool to wait my turn, but I can get on with it. I'm 32. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like um, I just want to, you always want to test myself. Um, it's weird. My mentality for jiu-jitsu is so different to when I fought MMA. I wouldn't have said, said when I was fighting MMA, oh, I want to fight the best guys. I was yeah. still a bit, I didn't really, maybe I didn't believe myself as much as I should have. But in jiu-jitsu, I, I believe in my skill set. I believe that I could, I could, you know, I could be up there uh, messing around with these guys. Not just me. There's loads of us, but we just need that like chance, like that one shot. You know. Um, yeah. yeah. I don't know how you do that. I'm never. I'm never gonna be the guy that's like fucking Frank Rosenthal. You're a dick. Let's 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 roll. Like that's not me. Right. <laughs> I'll let the show do it and hopefully keep winning and maybe make my way to those type of guys. But fucking hell, yeah. too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Get me in before I turn grey. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's one good thing about Polaris. I mean Polaris puts on obviously the 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 team events. So obviously Team Europe, Team yeah, yeah. UK, Team America, and stuff like that. So do you think that's maybe something that's maybe lacking from over in the states where they don't put things like that on? Uh, or it's very you don't hear about it. So um, I'd say Polaris seems to be the the kind of. I know that um, what's the other one? The they put on the they do put on the team one, but the quintet. Um, the quintet um, so do you think that's maybe something that that is um, there should be more of? There should be more team events. Uh, maybe not just team events, but as as you said, maybe have like uh, a list of guys from let's say the UK. Okay, yeah. so um, headed by whoever, headed by Ash Williams or whoever yeah. it is that's heading it, taking a whole team over there and then having individual matches against a whole team from America or yeah. a whole team from Europe, a whole team from Australia. And I know it's probably expensive to put an event like that on, um, obviously flying people in hotels and, and whatnot. But, yeah. um, I mean, do you think that's something that would work? Yeah, I think, I think um, there's obviously money. Money is the thing, isn't it, with a lot of people. But from what I, what I gather, like a lot of, if you said to me, oh, you know, there's this thing going down like that, like we're all, 10 of us are going to go to America and we're just going to have a go at grapple industries and we're going to have a go at all these things, put on, you know, try and win the medals that you see them all winning. Uh, you pay for yourself. Yeah. Like, like a lot of, like you would, because that would, it would multiply your name because you're out there, you're actually putting your name out there to go and do that. Um, yeah. American, um, this is all pre and post COVID, right? When we were allowed to fly around, but you don't, see a lot of the americans come over here and uh, test themselves they've got that aura about them that they're already better than us why yeah. should why should i come over here and do that um ashley williams has proven that they're not always better than us um but i do think there is a big gap it would be naive of me to sit here and think that english grappling is is up there with american grappling or it just isn't because we just don't get to do what they do and as a country, as a nation, we don't wrestle from three years old. We don't do those things. A lot of people are late to the party. Um, 
but yeah, I, I'd think a lot of people would do it. Them, you know, a lot of people would do it themselves. Or throw my name in the hat. Let's go and do it. Um, Polaris scratched the surface with the qualifiers, didn't they? They gave people the, the chance to qualify for the show. Um, Battle Grapple, which is a local show here, did qualifiers. So people were thinking about it. I think, um, yeah. giving them the opportunity to qualify for the big shows before. You know, I got on Polaris because I could, I could sell tickets probably. And I, I won the Naga belt and I made a little bit of noise about it and I got my shot on Polaris. I think if you're not the type of guy to do that, you just you probably get overlooked. But then at the same time, but as a show, why would you pick the guy that's quiet over the one that's going to sell to you? You know, that's how it works. Yeah, yeah. If, you, if you're young, you've got to go and win win something, shout about it and, and get on the show. Uh, but again, they all know they know who I am. They know I'm going to turn up. They know I'll fight. They know I'll, I'll sell tickets. I'll, I'll put 100% effort in. And um, like with Grapple Fest, I can't talk highly enough of Chris Thompson, like the way he is with his with people. Yeah. He's just so black and white the whole time. You know what you're getting. He messages you, you know, constantly. Everything good. Yeah, la, 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 la. He's just really, really good at what he does. Um, Polaris are the show, aren't they? They're, they're, they, they were the show for a long time. Um, and and it's the one people want to get on, and and it's awesome. Um, so it, I think I don't know. I just I hope we can get back to doing that again when this shit shit goes off because Polaris is amazing for for they gave me such a good opportunity, such a good stage. Yeah. But let's let's like I don't know. Maybe I don't know what it is. It's hard to explain. We need to like maybe there needs to be more. We just don't. It's either the top shows here are Polaris or Graphic Fest. There's two. Yeah, yeah. Like, it just needs to be more. Like, give people keep give. It's not, not that it's not hard because it is all money and stuff. But I can name so many in America. Like every week, I can go to one that's prestigious. Yeah, yeah. Here, if I want to do a prestigious one, I have to wait for the big show. And am I going to get on it? I don't know. And yeah. who cares if I win the fucking Andover Open? No one gets. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, <laughs> definitely. Um, and then Mike as well. I mean, talking about um, who do you think is the next big prospect in British Jiu-Jitsu? Now, this is a difficult one because obviously, as as we know, I mean, pre-lockdown there was a lot of people. There was a lot of there's a lot of kids coming through. I mean, you're looking at um, kids who are um, have you've got world champion kids, world champions, kids have went out and won the Pan Arms, and they're still yeah. training. They're some of them are blue belts and stuff like that now. So uh, it's a difficult one uh, for me anyway to, to handpick specific a person or people. So, I mean, but who would you think, anybody coming to your mind, who you think could be the next big thing? Yeah, so I, so the next big thing you have to look past, like, uh, I think anyway, the current crop of like people like like me, my age, and, and that sort of thing is the young guns coming up. Um, yeah. There's a kid called Charlie Baker who I, I uh, have trained with and he, he goes around to different people and, and uh, like his brother Tom Baker is fucking really good himself but he takes him around to, I mean he's trained with Jed Hugh, Jay Butler, me, like he just goes around and, and trains with other people to get better, he's really good. The problem with him, he's only young and he's, he's such a small lad, like there's not, he's one of let's say four in the whole fucking country. Yeah. So he's got, he's getting stitched up a little bit with that with that respect. But you know when you roll with someone and you think, you know, when you get when you get a bit older and a bit of muscle behind, you're gonna be quality. Yeah. Yeah. So he's not he's not really able to test himself. And to be honest, he throws himself at everything, which is such a cool thing. He competes everywhere when he's allowed or not when he's allowed, when someone wants to fight him. But again, he's probably fighting the same guy over and over. It must get you know, it gets a bit boring. But if he yeah. can stay hungry, hundred percent. Yeah. Um 
And there's loads, there's loads of them. Ollie Bates, who I just messed around with, he's only young. I don't, I, I think he's he's decent, but he, I think he does like a job where he's out for months and then comes back in and that sort of shit. So yeah, Char- Charlie's good. He's only young. He's only like really, really young. Then we've got um, there's a kid called I think it's Tyree Cunliffe or or whatever. He's fucking yeah, 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 he's legit, and he's built like a shit house. He's only about ten, and he's fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's quite cool to see that that's the level that can come out of the UK. Yeah, These yeah, kids look they look really good, but I, I don't know whether we need like a. It's not even a committee, but like a little change of, of mentality where these kids should all just meet up. When it shouldn't be the UK versus the UK, we should go out and represent. We should go out and be, you know, we should go out and be the UK rather than, you know, what it's like. Oh, I'm not going to that gym because he's fucking he's in there, or I'm not going over there because I might fight him on Polaris. Like fuck that. Yeah, yeah. We do jujitsu because we love it. Worst thing that happens is you go, and then you you fucking it's your own ego that's stopping us all from doing it. Um, that's why big props to Ashley William that weekend where we all went the best like lightweights went and fought and that it was so good and yeah the, the attitude was correct but then we've done it once and, it, and it's gone away you know so um, yeah this is a few it's hard it's hard to say talented jiu-jitsu guys because you don't again you don't see you don't see them unless you're really a fan and you look you know battle grapple you get to see them yeah yeah where else do you look <laughs> and then thought away as well Chris again where what do you think is the most political, the uh, jiu-jitsu or martial arts, MMA? Wow. Um, now, I know, I mean, jiu-jitsu, I mean, jiu-jitsu, when I, when I first started, you're talking about, what, seven years ago? Um, yeah. In Scotland, it was quite a little bit political. Um, I mean, there was gyms wouldn't train at certain gyms and, and, and so on. So it was kind of like that a little bit. You wouldn't associate with people, whereas now jiu-jitsu i mean obviously there's been a there's been quite a few people who've tried to get everybody involved um obviously i've did my bit there's been guys at other gyms have did their bit and we've got obviously this community page similar to the uk bjj underground page so it's obviously the scottish version of it um and everybody's a part of that and we do things like um or when when we were allowed to we did open mats no it Everybody was invited. We used to have guys coming from all every gym in Scotland um, would come to open mats, whether it would be at uh, the gym I train at, Marcus Nardini's or the Grip House or where, wherever. People were putting on seminars and people from other gyms would turn up at that as well. Yeah. Um, and whenever anybody from Scotland goes to like big events, like let's say the Euros, the British and stuff like that, again, what we do is we try and update all the results as and when they happen for every gym yeah. on this jiu-jitsu community page. So it, it brings everybody closer. Um, and even the young kids now, I mean, young kids now coming through um, didn't know the struggles that we had six, seven years ago trying to get a gym that will let you go and train with them. Um, <laughs> whereas now you can walk into any fucking gym in Scotland. Um, yeah. So there's not really, not really a political scene in Scotland anymore. Um I don't think there ever was. There probably was to a point, but as I said, it's kind of gone now. As I say, we we all train wherever we want. Uh, yeah. We've we've got our main gym, so obviously, like my gym would be MNBJJ. Um, so that's my gym. So whenever I go out and compete, that's who I'm competing for. Yeah. But yeah. I'll still go and train at 
another gym. Not 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 regular, but one off, and do you know what I mean, just yeah. travel about. Um, so I mean, for you, I mean, obviously you've seen both sides, jujitsu and MMA. So I mean, what yeah. what would you say? Um, I think they, I think they've gone on a little journey themselves again. Like I think jujitsu is more accessible. Mm-hmm. Uh, jitsu is definitely more accessible to go and do uh, turn up anywhere basically and have a go if, if the guy's got open door policies um, saying that not every gym's friendly right you, they can say they invite you in but then you can yeah. want to be going there on the regular yeah um, MMA's a little bit more for some reason even the amateur level MMA like like something that's that you can't something that stuck in my mind was you can't play MMA which you can't you can't really just dip your toe and have a go um, so with regards to MMA I think very rarely saw strangers come in very rarely I mean a lot of the people have pro classes so no one sees the stuff they're doing in there and all that kind of thing um, yeah so MMA is a lot more I think it's a lot more political it's a lot a lot more gets made out of MMA if you're noisy as well like fucking you know I'm this team and you're not coming in type thing I think yeah. jiu-jitsu's politi- politicalness comes from whether the black belt's a helmet and it's as simple as that like just because you're wearing a black belt doesn't mean you're the fucking man and you get to just dictate the way shit happens yeah. I mean we've always had an open door policy the only reason you wouldn't come to our gym is because you believe something you've read, heard, or whatever. Because we always have an open door policy. Anybody can come in, and anybody can leave, and that's it. We don't. I do not care who comes in there. Um, yeah. I think, like in the gym politics, and that happen because, like, if you're if you're someone like me, I see you four or five hours a day. I <laughs> see you more than a month. So uh, shit's gonna happen, you know. But uh, jujitsu's become a little bit more welcoming but at the same time i can i'm not going to but i can highlight four or five where i just know i wouldn't be allowed to go just because they don't welcome people in or yeah that sort of aura around them i wouldn't want to (laughs) go yeah Um, yeah. which is not cool that's not very cool to i don't think that's what jiu-jitsu was maybe that's something we have to again address in this country One of the things as well, I mean, I've watched, I don't know if you watch anything on Flow Grappling, um, and I don't know if you watch the, the, there's a programme on it, I think it's about 20 minutes long, it talks about American Jiu-Jitsu versus Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, um, and what you did was you had um, a few Americans deciding that they don't want to name it, it doesn't, it shouldn't be called Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, it should now be called American Jiu-Jitsu, so you had like Keenan Cornelius has set up his gym, um, I think it's called Legion American Jiu-Jitsu. Um, That's and, Americans in a nutshell though, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, but he, he's called American Jiu-Jitsu, you had uh, Jake Shields called American Jiu-Jitsu, um, but I mean the, the term American Jiu-Jitsu went back to like, I think the first time you, anybody ever heard of it was like 1994 or something. It was like one of the universities set up a, a self-defense class and called it American Jiu-Jitsu. So this was before, obviously, it became as it is at the moment. So, yeah, I mean, you've got a few guys trying to rename Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Um, and yeah, then there was if, other if guys. you're training in the gate, you're doing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I don't give a shit what country you're from. You're doing Brazilian yeah. Jiu-Jitsu. yeah. But there was a few guys. I mean, one guy was Rafael Lovato. Um, he was saying he doesn't call it anything other than jujitsu. It's just jujitsu to him. So, um, yeah, which so I'm means under the same. Like I, I'm under the same as that. I, 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 I train grappling. 
when I, when I, I've got a black belt though in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu because yeah. that's what I've learned. Yeah. Yeah. When I take my gear, I'm grappling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, when someone says to me, "What are you?" I'm a grappler because I've done a bit of judo, I've done a bit of catch wrestling, I've done a bit of no gi isn't Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. No gi is just is grappling. Yeah. 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 When I put my gi on, I'm learning Brazilian jiu-jitsu, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah. Some fucking American jiu-jitsu. Like, I don't even know what, <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, Yeah. I mean, they came out when they were talking about it. I'd say the, 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 the program, I mean, it's, it's about 20 odd minutes long and it was it was entertaining to see the least. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Because you had a few guys, I mean, a few guys coming on and saying, well, look, Obviously, it started off as Brazil Jiu-Jitsu, but the Americans have have changed the game with adding in wrestling and doing this and doing that. So, so it should evolve into American Jiu-Jitsu. So that's what it should be now. And obviously, I don't the Brazilians that came on. Some Brazilians were going nuts about this, saying, "Yeah, well, Brazilians, Brazilians have done Valetudo since they were like, you know what I mean, for years and years and years. They fucking wrestling and fighting bare knuckles and shit." Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is Brazil. It's up to, yeah, whatever. Call it whatever you want, mate. If you're bored, call it whatever. But I, I've learned my Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu off a guy that's learned his Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu off a fucking Brazilian. Yeah, <laughs> So yeah. I'll be doing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Definitely, definitely. And then Chris again, talking about... Chris is quite... Uh, oh, Giving you all sorts today, so um, yeah. When the world opens up again, who would be your dream training partner or coach that you would want to work with? <laughs> nice. So I'll, as in anybody in the world, really, I'll take that on. Like, so dream, dream training partner, uh, just because I like like leg locks, obviously, and stuff like that. I'd like to go and train with um, Eddie Cummings. Um. Like I think he's pretty much a genius. I think they they kind of fell out because I reckon most of the leg lock stuff had a lot to do with him. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people would say Danaher, wouldn't they, and stuff like that. But I um I, res- I respect Danaher. I just I wouldn't. I don't think I could sit in one of his classes too long. But <laughs> the um like Eddie Cummins, yeah, for me, dream, like dream training partner just to get to, to learn off of him. And then coach wise, I. I sound like a right suck hole now but my, i generally think my my coach um i think we do really well with to move with the times uh we do a lot of like we do a lot of where we sit on the mat and just talk through positions and stuff like that and a lot of i'll catch people with things that they've never seen before or done and i truly believe that that's because of the, those hours that we put in on the mat um yeah. i've been lucky enough to work with two coaches my mma coach brian who um, I can't speak highly enough. I think he's an, he's like a hidden brain. He's he's incredible at, at MMA, MMA coach specifically in the UK. And then Chris, we both uh, like he just he just understands the game. He's he's as dedicated as I am. I've never met someone like that who wouldn't mind sitting down and just sit for two hours in the same position, just going over shit like that's. It takes yeah. you know sometimes you just mix, don't you? I've been to other coaches and I just think you know, mate, I don't know. I don't think I could be here for long. Do you know what I mean? It just clicks sometimes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I genuinely think that. And then obviously there's hundreds of the top competitors in the world you'd love to be coached by. Like uh, Gordon's obviously incredible, but he looks like he could teach just as good. So it'd be interesting to see what he does in his later life, like whether he brings up some absolute beauties. You know what I mean? But I think yeah. there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of pe- hidden, like if, if you look you know you should look under it people go our oh, leg locks must be gordon or whatever but gordon's all right at leg locks he's the best leg locker in the world there's other leg lockers um 
oh, Craig Jones, you know, that, like triangles. You should go to Ryan Hall for triangles because he was doing them 10 years ago, fucking to 400 people a weekend. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. You, if you delve and, and uh, a lot of my Instagrams all full of the like secret dudes that uh, I think I think I've. I like I like to follow those guys a lot. There's a lot of hype about Danaher and that, and he's made it. He's made it really good, and with his blue basement and that. But again, I think uh, we don't have access to half of the magic he's showing in there. Uh, they're really yeah. good. But I wouldn't rush there if that makes sense. I'd go there maybe. I'm a massive fan. Don't get me wrong, but I'd go other places. Yeah, Unity. I quite like. I quite like Unity. I like the idea behind that place. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing a lot of people forget. I mean, it's not all about that one-hour class. It's about what else you get from a coach. So, as you said, you've been able to sit down with Chris and go over a move for an hour, two hours at a time, or or even just sit and chat about different positions, different things and stuff like that. So there's there's a lot more to coaching than just that one hour. Um, Yeah, 100%, 100%. When we open up, uh, we've got like... Like good, like quite good aspirations to make like a, a decent little team and just see what we can do. You know, like uh, I think something that we do really well is just, is fuck the shit off the stuff that just doesn't work. Yeah. Um, because there's so much, there's so much of it. Um, but to be fair, if you're gonna go on Instagram, you wouldn't want to see the grip break that works. There, people like to see the backflip, fucking back takes, and all that shit, don't they? But the stuff that actually works is actually pretty simple. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely, and then um. What about you? Obviously, being a being a shorter person, and obviously Andy Baker as well. Me, um, short crew. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we. I remember uh, my coach always showed me a mo- showing a, the class I move. So let's say for talking sake, a triangle. Uh, now, triangle. I've never ever been able to do a triangle. Um, I can. I, I know the concept. I know the, the changing movements and how to set it up, how to do it. But actually being able to walk on a guy who's a similar weight. Um, <laughs> Yeah, we, never, can ever, to, we can do it to the kids and the kids' class. Yeah, yeah. And I always say, see if there's ever a day where I put on a triangle on someone in a competition mm. and it actually goes on, that person's not waking up. Um, definitely not. So, um, so I mean, when you get shown a move, how do you adapt it for your style or does Chris kind of come along and show you, well, look, you can change it and do this and do that? I mean, yeah, how so does I- it? So we, um, I just, I just think we, we, we work really well together. So like uh, Chris is notorious for, for example, if anyone comes in the gym, brand new face, it'll be me who speaks to them. Chris is fucking upstairs right at the back as far away as possible. Um, <laughs> just because he, he's um, just old school military and, and like, yeah. uh, he's, that, that's just who he is, right? So I, I do the social media stuff. I do all the like, that side of things whereas when people say oh you know is he actually good at jiu-jitsu he's fucking good at it yeah. but he's 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 just not that guy that will welcome you with open arms if he doesn't know you yet one of yeah. those guys right we were all different um whereas i'm i'm the guy that if someone's asked four five six times chris how the fuck do i do this how do i do this how do i do this he's actually really good with beginners like he's actually quite calm with them but the the more you know if you should know how you're moving and you're not his patience is pretty thin i think whereas i i do approach it a little bit differently where i'll say well why don't you try this mm-hmm. and i think that comes from being a smaller guy because chris would have not never been able to do a triangle because of his legs never been able to close his guard shit like that whereas i've been there i'm like well i don't close my guard but try and pass it 
Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You, you, you learn, you just, jujitsu can be changed for everybody. We've seen, we've seen um, people with some real difficulties get to blue belt and stuff like that. Jujitsu can be manipulated, right? And um, yeah, so I think we just work really well with, in that respect. Uh, but he, with regards to me, he's more at me with, he just says to me, if I was in phenomenal shape, he thinks the world could be my oyster. Mm-hmm. So I'm always have been notoriously lazy with that side of things. I just don't have a hunger for it, mate. I fucking it could. I mean, we're in like day seven hundred in my house, and I still haven't been asked to do weights. Like, it, there's yeah. the one thing I can do, and I'm not doing it. So it proves how much I like it. <laughs> but that that's sort of his sort of thing. And then again, if I say to him, "Oh, have you seen this?" or "What, what about this?" or say I catch him, that next half an hour will be why. Is it worth it? Is it? Does it work for everybody? Can we teach it? Can we slot it in? That's how we work. And we've just sort of fell into that. Uh, it's not just me, anyone. Anyone catches anyone. How did that happen? Why? Um, and then I do, again, I think, because I don't miss a beat, I see everything. I, I fucking well up with the times. There's things that we do in my gym that I don't think that other people are doing. And there's that's got to be around the country. You know, everyone's got their things they do. But I truly believe because we have that mentality of, we can also learn off anybody, <laughs> anybody like oh, I do. There's a, there's a woman, right? It's purple belt, Antoinette. She does some fucking crazy shit where she puts her, her leg up in your guard, right? Which is like a no-no against leg lockers and shit. Try and get in on that leg. It's just not happening. She's, she's refined that so well for her. So who am I to go from that? Don't do that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's bullshit. So, so technically, on the beginning, I'd say don't ever do that. But... She's a purple belt. She spent a long time refining it. I can't catch her in it. Mm-hmm. And that's my thing. I love doing it. So she, you know, she's she's worked it so well. So there is no right and wrong, if that makes sense. There's definitely things you can do to show beginners not to do in the beginning. But when they're well on their journey and they say, oh, I do it like this, who am I to go, oh, no, that's wrong. Yeah, you, yeah. you know, I could say, well, I don't do that because you know, X and X or because my fucking legs are two inches. <laughs> but yeah, in short, we, we always, uh, we always change things up. And I think I, again, that's just whether you're a good coach or, or not is whether you have the ability to say, well, we're going to teach triangles tonight. I don't teach the triangles. Neither does Chris. A guy called Joe teaches our triangles because he's good at them. Yeah. That's how, yeah. We, that's how we work. Yeah, so it's just everybody doing something that that they're good at as as per the team to then teach obviously the the class and things like that. So yeah, like like with closed guard, there's a kid called Joe in our gym who's worked for the last year and a bit in closed guard, and he knows so many setups. Watches a lot of Neil Melanson, and he teaches some cool shit. So we learn off of him. So why wouldn't he take the class rather than your generic? Oh, let me teach triangles. Oh, sorry, I can't close it tonight on this fella. Like that's bullshit. So yeah. teach. Let the guy who's good at triangles teach triangles. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's yeah. how we, that's very much how we work. Um, this again, it's ego. I I hear a lot of stories about fucking hell, people that just wouldn't let that happen. But I don't give a shit if it's if it's helping out the class and he's better at triangles than me. Why can't he teach? Yeah, definitely, definitely. And then for you, obviously black belt now. It's got your black belt last year. Yeah. What was the feeling? Fucking twice. <laughs> <laughs> so what was the feeling like there, Mike, when you got the black belt? Because obviously a lot of people in jiu-jitsu say that's the goal. 
um, other people say the goals further than the black belt. So, um, so obviously for you, a massive thing getting a black belt. Um, so, what what was the feeling like when you got it? I mean, did you expect it? Did you did you know it was coming at that point? Yeah. So you you had Roberto on, didn't you? The, he obviously gave my black belt, and he told a story about when he recently promoted someone and fucking started crying and everything. That was me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was. Um, I didn't expect it. No, like I knew it was coming around this time. Um, or, you know, and, and one thing about our place is he just won't give it to you if you're just not ready for it or you think something's up, you know. Yeah. And uh, in the past, he's had, uh, he's learned a little bit about giving giving people black belts and maybe they're not deserved it or maybe they're not ready for it ego-wise or, or um, something like that anyway. So I knew when I got mine, it I'd, you know, I'd do my bit, and I always had that in my head. I think, fucking hell, mate, I've like tapped four black belts competing. I'm fucking, I'm in here, like, what have I got to do, you know? But yeah, yeah. Um, and then in the back of my mind, I thought, well, with COVID, I could be a 10 year brown belt here. This is fucking <laughs> what's going on. Um, but it, I, I think, um, I learned uh, towards the end of purple, your belt doesn't really mean anything. Um, yeah. It doesn't really mean anything. I, I think it means more to other people. So when they see me with my black belt, they think, oh, he knows what he's doing. Yeah. Whereas, like, if that makes sense, you know, or you, let's say I put out an instruction or maybe more people will buy it because I'm a black belt than I would if I was a purple. Me and mom teaching the same stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, I, like, it was a massive thing for me. I dedicated my whole life to it. Like I just said, every day for four or five hours. Um, and to get it was just like a massive thing. My my mum and fucking missus and son was there when they came up the stairs. That was it. Game over for me, you know. And uh, yeah. I mean, even Chris got a bit emotional, and he's like the Iron Man doesn't get emotional. So it was like a, <laughs> it was a big thing, you know. And um, I've always like some sometimes I might I might get myself in trouble because I, I care too much. Like mm-hmm. I, I really give a shit about my gym, and I really give a shit about uh, to be honest about Chris and. Because he, he just wants, he always wants what's best for us. And then along the journey, you're always going to get people that will abuse that. And that, that I'll take that to heart, whereas he's like, oh, fuck him. So yeah. I, I'm, I'm starting to learn. I've learned a lot of him, that sort of attitude. You know, fuck him. You can't impress everybody. You can't, not everybody can be your friend. Um, I've always been that guy, you know, well, if I ever heard, oh, he doesn't like it. Well, why not? What have I done? <laughs> but who gives a shit? Now yeah. I'm starting to understand that. But mate it's been such a long thing like because it's so long i think you get to the end and like it was amazing to get it and stuff but i think you kind of purple to brown you kind of just think well it's coming one day so just i'm gonna be there anyway i i said to my missus i was like if i don't get it today i'm gonna be there tomorrow anyway um but it was an amazing thing man and i got like my dad's name on it and everything and it was fucking so cool but um yeah unfortunately i've not been able to like to real wear it in yet but um i think i, I, I want to like I, I just want to be like i just want to be someone from shit little town that went out and, and competed at black belt i want to go and win some shit at black belt i know i've done it at purple and beaten them you know black belts or whatever but i want to i want to go and do it like the euros and i've never done ibjjf but fuck it i don't really like it that much but i want to go and do that and i just want to collect shit and make a good name for our gym you know that's what yeah. i want to do anyway yeah, well, the one thing about IBJJF, as you probably know, it's fucking expensive, man. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's expensive, and that, like, yeah. I, I, Don't get me wrong, right? I mean, it's expensive, but 
I mean, for you to be an IBA JJF champion, whether it be a British, a, a Euros, Worlds, or, or whatever, I mean, it's probably the highlight um, in a lot of people's eyes. That yeah. That's the one competition that people want to win. Um, yeah. Do you know I mean? I've been fortunate. I've, I've won an IBJJF comp twice. Um, I won the British and I won the, the London Open. So um, it's great. I mean, see, so getting your medal on an IBJJF podium and stuff like that. And then been out to the Euros a few times, went to the World Masters. And yeah, I mean, there's nothing like it. I mean, you you yeah. go and there's, especially pre COVID, I mean, you were talking about fucking spectators. I mean, you go to the Euros and there's about three, four, five thousand people watching you. As you're stepping onto the mat, and you're like, yes. "Wow!" And especially you as a black belt. I mean, they hang around for the black belts. The black belts is even busier. Um, yeah, mad, uh, yeah, and it's just crazy noise, and it's like a compare it to like a Brazilian football match. You know, like you watch like a, a Brazilian football match, and just the noise, and they're banging on it's the the, the, the the floors, and do you know what I mean? They're, Ooh, ah, they're just yeah, yeah, man, it's fucking, it's mad. But I'll say this though, there's not many like. There's not many sports in the world where we get to mingle and be a part oh. of the top echelons of the sport. Like, like you just said it. Like I, I've spoken to, I was speaking to Lachlan Giles the, the other week about fucking Baron Bolos for hours. Like, who does that? Who? Yeah. You know, if I message well, fucking Stephen Gerrard tomorrow, he ain't messaging me back. <laughs> <laughs> These boys, are, like, fair play. The community's quite open in that respect, and and you do get a lot back. Like. The, the like the Euros you said if you do well I mean you could be staring opposite you know that that is how yeah. essentially how you make a name for yourself you've got to go out and do it I don't yeah. really like IBJJF I, I prefer submission hunting and I'd, I'd rather be 60 points down with 30 seconds to go and catch a heel hook or something that's how I that's how I roll and fight and um, that's just I think maybe the MMA has made me go that way um, mm. and then at white belt I got stalled on and I just said, and the guy got up and like celebrated. He won by like an advantage. And I just, it just puzzled me. It still puzzles me to this day. Like you actually got up, like you've just scored a goal. Yeah. And you haven't yeah. done anything. So I was like, I'm out. I'm fucking, I'm not doing that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I'd rather tap and know I've lost. And some fella's like, yes, he's I've passed his leg. I was like, oh, mate, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. So nah, for me, ADCC, Polaris, Grapple Fest, all that, the Nogi stuff is, is more my side of things. Definitely. So, yeah, I mean, that's, uh, hopefully, and I know that Polaris, well, Grapple Fest had an event at the start of the first lockdown. We know that Polaris have had a, uh, an event on as well, a couple of events, I think. So, so fingers crossed, as I say, we're, we're not too long out of here. So, so future-wise then, so obviously you, you talked about um, – competition but what, yeah. what what do you see for the future for you i mean what would you like to see so what's the what's your motivations now uh so I, i'm just want to get in good shape so that we when we get back we can like if there's a show just get going you know so, so pretend this has never really happened but i want to um i'm going to try use this next period hopefully injury free so that be fucking knee injuries and that um just go and make a name for myself at my weight and what i just want to you know, I want to put myself out there a little bit. So, yeah. um, I, I was thinking about this the other day. Like, how how do you go about that? It's got it's going to have to be the Nogi British Open. It's going to have to be, you know, just just competing whenever I can, and um, hopefully, like battle grapple. They're pretty good at. I'll just say to him, look, mate, just try and get me a name. See if the dude will take it. You know, uh, Polaris, just get me anyone. Get me on there. Grapple Festival is supposed to be part of this, like that fucking mega card they had with Gordon Ryan and that, it would have been absolutely unreal. 
Um, unfortunately, it got done in because of this stuff. But that sort of thing. I just want my name out there, you know, and, and uh, just keep winning. Like, I've got a winning record in grappling. You know, there's nothing suggests that I shouldn't be allowed on a show or mm-hmm. I always sell tickets. I just want to get out there, yeah. And then, again, just bring that back to my gym, you know, fly the flag for Zion and Andover and... I know fucking Andy will be there first. He loves it. He loves competing. He loves competing. But if I can yeah. make a path, you know, for like someone, if they, if they want to go on battle grab, I'm like, oh yeah, just speak to him. I know. Yeah. If they want to do that, or I could message Polaris and say, look, you're missing out. This kid's incredible. Get him on. Like if I can make those paths from Andover, that's, that's surely that's, surely that's what my goal is now knocking on a little bit <laughs> yeah <laughs> i might try and win the masters or something if look great there, <laughs> and then for you i mean obviously it's been a long journey so far obviously an even longer one coming um yeah. so what do you who do you anybody you want to thank um for the journey that you've been on so far yeah so i just like chris emmanuel obviously for my for my mma journey a little you know i wouldn't have got to the heights i would have because of him and then my old coach brian adams he, he um like i said hell of a brain and he, he's doing some really special things with the kids at gym one it wouldn't surprise me you'll see a lot of them on shows and stuff um and then just jiu-jitsu wise is just chris chris smith my my uh i call him my professor he fucking hates it but my my mate my black belt mate <laughs> yeah. uh Roberto, you know, Roberto always brings that, like, whenever I was young and I just saw a black belt, I thought, fucking look at that guy. And then yeah. he, you know, when they turn out, they got that aura, like, he's just so happy just to be there and, and like, I just, I wouldn't even roll the guy, like, I, I'm no, I'm not, I'm not shit, but I wouldn't even roll him because he's just destroyed me. Yeah. You know, like, you can just, those people just drive you on, you know. I want to, I want to be that guy with that aura, like, people think, oh, yeah. That still drives me to this day, but yeah, my team like I, I genuinely couldn't get anywhere without half of them. You know, like you, you train with them to then go and compete on your own. But fucking hell, if I didn't have any of them boys, you know, um, it's been. It, I think we've got a real good thing going on. Unfortunately, we've had to put pause on it, but for now, yeah. And then obviously, my missus and my family that come second. <laughs> I'm only joking, <laughs> but they, uh, you know, without their patience and that, you can't, you can't do these things without their patience. Um, Definitely, and, uh, yeah, man, that's it. Definitely. And then, any last words from you? Then, so any last words of maybe motivation for anybody or being a black belt? Is there anything that you can maybe pass down um, to us lower belts uh, or anybody new coming into the game? Any words of wisdom? Yeah, cool. So for now, just keep your head, keep positive, right? Try and every day just find something, something different to do. It doesn't have to be jujitsu related, but uh, find something to do. Like my, to be fair, Chris says this about Roberto. He says if he's doing weights, he's doing jujitsu. If he's playing chess, he's doing jujitsu. If he, you know, that's quite a cool mentality to add. Like just think, um, jujitsu is not only on the mat. So if you're going to go out and and give people like dinners, you know, because they can't because of the COVID. You're doing jujitsu. That's that's quite a cool mentality, I think. Is uh, you we're always doing it, even if we're we're not technically on the mat. I quite like that. See if that spurs you out a little bit. And then the black belt thing is literally. I hit on it earlier. I've just been it. I just turned up. Um, I just kept turning up. Uh, and then I've been on my own fucking journeys. At, at, at some points, I've been real low some points really high but jiu-jitsu always dragged me back in you know and like obviously always just kept turning up so if you if you're one of them that's at home you're like oh 
fucking just can't get over blue belt. I can't something something is missing. Yeah. It's probably not even on the mat. You're not getting it. You're not getting it for a reason. And that's something that, that don't think it's technical. Don't you know? It might something's missing. So have a have a think why. It shouldn't always be your black belt to tell you, mate. You need to sort this out or this out. Um, now, now that I've got there, I look. It's funny you look back, don't you? And you see see them all like the blue belts and the. But it's fucking. It is quality. But when you're one of them at the time, you just. It is hilarious. You just think. You think so many things that just aren't relevant. Just keep turning up, and yeah. and find your thing. Find your thing. You'll get a lot further if you find that one thing. I think anyway. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And stick for the ride because it's the best fucking journey ever. It is. It is. I mean, I've been as he's six, seven years, seven years. And I mean, it's been entertaining. I mean, I've I've been fortunate, uh, been able to travel the world, and as they've been out to California. Here's me, forty year old, out in California, training with let's say Draculino and um, training with Caron uh, Gracie, and oh man, it was absolutely brilliant. And as yeah, here's just me, this little little guy from fucking Glasgow, mixing <laughs> it with the elite of jujitsu. Um, yeah, so yeah, I mean it's been it's an awesome journey. Um, but listen, it's been an absolute honour. Thanks very much yeah, for mate, really cool to talk to you as well. Taking the time to speak to me today, Mike. Obviously, I've been invited down. Roberto invited me down, saying look, obviously anytime you're down in the area, uh, Chris as well. Andy's always telling me to come down. Yeah, Andy's mate, saying now, yeah, now that he's he's got this new house, he's like you can come in. And there's a spare room. I'll put you up in a spare room and stuff like that. Yeah, so. man, there's loads of space anytime, day, anytime. <laughs> So, so yeah, yeah, no, definitely looking forward to obviously once we get down to this COVID stuff. So yeah. coming down and seeing you guys. So definitely. thanks again, Mike. Yeah, it's mate, been really an absolute honour. Uh, yeah. And you enjoy the rest of your day, buddy. Okay. Yeah, you too, mate. Thank you.